0: Om Sadam to our listeners. Welcome to Saturday news number 887. And today we will be hearing a talk given in Prasanthi on the topic of Diwali. So I am Gula Moria. I offer my most loving and humble pranams at the lotus feet of beloved Bhagavan Sri Sathya Baba. And this talk is given by Dr. Deepak Anand. Let's listen to that now. Let's have a Ganesh Bhajan and here's one for you.
1: Ganesha Sharanam. Share mm-hmm. Ganesha Smaranam, Smaranam Smaranam, Ganeshasmaranam, Smaranam, Smaranam Ganesha Ganeshasmaranam, 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 deva ganesha ganesha sharanam sharanam ganesha sharanam sharanam ganesha vandana ganesha gananatha vandana ganesha dalana
0: Om Shri Sai Ram, invoking Bhagwan's blessings on all of us and offering my humble salutations at His Divine Lotus feet. A loving Sai Ram to one and all. Every festival has a lot of significance attached to it. Very often, this significance is brought out through stories, through songs, through rituals, through wisdom, through experiences, and at times also through various expressions of art. In the bygone week, we have seen expressions of devotion in various forms, We have gained some knowledge by listening to some really learned speakers. We have cherished those beautiful moments of Swami's Leela's, heard his voice of love and also seen that all-knowing smile. Today, we draw curtains on this grand feast that we have all been having for the last one week. Because... We have to be careful that it should not lead to indigestion, and we have a lot to digest already. With Bhagwan's blessings, I commence the last session for this Vidwan Mahasabha. The first speaker for this evening is Doctor Deepak Anand. He joined the Shri Sadguru Institute of Higher Learning for his MBA. To add to his academic achievements of BCom, MCom, and MBA. He did a PhD on the command of the Divine Master. He shares his experience of public speaking with the students of the Sri Institute of Higher Learning Prasanthi Nilayam campus. On a personal note, I would just like to add that for every student who plays table tennis in our campus, it is a dream achievement to beat Dr. Deepak Anand in a match. He is represented Delhi at a national level. And another memory which is strongly attached to Dr. Deepak Anand is a drama that was very close to Swami's heart, which happened for Swami's 73rd birthday, in which Dr. Deepak Anand played the role of Ramakrishna Paramahamsa. He is currently teaching in capacity of an assistant professor in the Department of Management Studies at Prashantin Nilayam. And today he will be sharing his thoughts with us on the fundamental questions that a spiritual aspirant must ask oneself when treading on the spiritual path. He would like to title his talk as Fleeting Moments, Eternal Memories. With these words, I welcome Dr. Deepakanan. Om Sri Sai Ram
2: With utmost love and humility, I offer myself at the lotus feet of our beloved Mother Sai, Revered elders, dear sisters and brothers, Sairam to all of you. All said and done, we are all co-travellers on a spiritual journey, on this spiritual sojourn where the goal is right in front of us. But between us and this particular goal, there are certain fundamental questions which we will have to answer sooner or later. You can avoid them for some time, but they will appear before you again and pose themselves to you and say, first, give us the answer and then only you can move forward on the spiritual path. What are these fundamental questions? The first big question Swami says that we must all ask ourselves is, who are you? Who are you? When was the last time did you ask this question to yourself? How sincere and earnest was the quest? It was in the upper portico in the year 1997. One of my first physical interactions with Bhagwan after I joined the MBA course in Sathya University. And Bhagwan asked me, where do you come from? I said, Swami, I come from Sri Aurobindo institutions, the Mother's International School. And year after year, on 24th of November, since 1926, we have always celebrated this day as the victory day. Because on 23rd of November, on your birthday, Bhagwan, when you you incarnated on earth, Sri Aurobindo came out after more than a decade of deep meditation and said, celebrate, because this is the day of victory the Krishna consciousness has taken birth in physical form on earth. I said Bhagwan, Sri Aurobindo knew that you are God incarnate. A few seconds of silence and Swami looked deep into my eyes and smiled and said that I am God is only half the story. The better half of the story is that you also are God. You also are God. The only difference being that I know it and you don't have faith in these words of mine. So always think that you are God. Always feel that you are one with Swami. I took it as a spiritual instruction and thereafter I started feeling, trying to pretend to myself that I am Swami inside. But there was a big problem in this. And what was the problem? As we all spiritual seekers, these problems come in our path. I wear glasses. How can there be a bispectacle Swami? That thought came into my mind. Yes, I can be Swami. But does Swami wear spectacles like this? He does not. So how can there be a bispectacle Swami was a question that came into my mind. Fortunately, Swami took me that year to Kodekanar. And one day as he came out of his room, We were all sitting outside and I happened to be the first one that day. And Swami spoke to the boys for some time. And without any promenation, he just took out my glasses and put them on his eyes, bent forward, raised his eyebrows and looked deep into my eyes as if asking me, Now, now, can there be a bispectacle Swami? Now, can there be a bispectacle Swami? And in those moments of silence, I got my answer. yes. If these photographs can be embodiment of Bhagwan, if the idols and metals and rocks can manifest God in fullness, if we have faith, why can't the human body which is the highest embodiment of divine consciousness? Yes, there can be a bispectacle Swami also. If you look at these photographs of Bhagwan all over, yes, we should fold our hands and pray to them. We should wave the camphor at them and, and the incense sticks at them, but that is not the end. What Swami says is, these are not just my photographs for praying and folding of hands and passage of your time, but these are your vision statements. This is what you really are. You are all Satya Sai Babas in making. You are all Satya Sai Babas in making. This is what the reality is. This is the answer to the first question. Who are you? The second question, which follows this, is where are you? Where are you? In my presence, one of the senior devotees asked Bhagwan, Swami, we do so much spiritual sadhana from morning, suprabhatam to night, karchan kritamva and the evening prayers, sandhya on three times, nagar sangeetanam, gram seva, all these we do, Swami. How do I know where I am? How do I know where I am? Unless I know where I am, how can I progress towards where I want to go? The second question is where are you? And Swami gave the immediate reply. He said, ask yourself how deep, how selfless, how expansive is your love? That is where you are. Swami asked that devotee to ask a question to himself and said, ask yourself how deep, how selfless and how expansive is your love? That is where you are because if really we have to encapsulate the entire teachings of Bhagawan, the message of his life in one word, and that is love. That only can be love. I was seated here nearly a decade ago. This used to be the second portico where boys would sit earlier. And when I joined for MBA, we used to sit here. And that one particular day, there was one first MSc boy sitting next to me. I was in the MBA course. Swami came, taking letters all the way, and he came and looked towards us. And he asked this particular first MSE mathematics boy, How are you? I don't know what came over him. Or he had some family problem, or he was too much overwhelmed with the difficulty of the calculus, algebra, and real analysis of his mathematics course. He said, Swami, I want to merge in you i want to merge in you i was taken aback by his by his request to bhagwan and bhagwan immediately said welcome but first become like me but first become like me and i am only love and i am only love you take a cup of sandalwood oil and pour into it one drop of water and try mixing it together for by churning it for a million years it is impossible But if it is a drop of sandalwood oil dropping into a a pot of sandalwood oil, immediately it will merge and become one. The second question that we have to ask is, where are we? But what comes in the middle of us and this expansive, selfless and deep love? Tommy says it is the mind. It's only the mind. What does the mind do? In the beginning of time, God gave us all equal amount of love. The external looks of this mind, the external orientation of this mind divided and diluted this love into so many pieces that it never remained love anymore. What do we have to do? Bring all this love back into our hearts and offer it to God. That is the whole process that we are undergoing in the spiritual sojourn. If you are not able to find as to how deep, expansive and selfless is your love, Swami says, I'll give you one more formula. Follow that and you would know where you are. And that formula is, before you go to sleep in the night, ask yourself, how many desires does your heart still entertain? For people, from people, of things, money, power, position. If there are so many desires still left, that means you have not loved God enough. Because Bhagwan says, to master the mind and become a master mind, to remove this wheel of mind from between the Atman and the Paramatman, so that they can all embrace each other in oneness, is the mind. And to master the mind, Swami says, there is only one formula. Only one formula. And that is, love God more and more. The third question that we have to ask on this spiritual journey to him on this day of Vijaya Darshmi so that we can all be victorious in our spiritual journeys and reach him in this very lifetime is which is the best path to follow to expand our love and make it universal. In the Bhagavad Gita we are being given so many paths. There is a path of karma, the path of action, bhakti, the path of devotion, the jnana, the path of knowledge, and the ashtanga marga, the eightfold path. Which is the best path to follow so that we can reach our goals of life? In one of the years, Bhagwan was giving discourses during Navratri, as he used to do every year. On the first day, Bhagwan gave a discourse talking about the greatness of the path of karma, or path of action. He said, all your paths Karmas, all your past actions remain embedded in your flesh like a thorn. So take the thorn of good actions, remove that earlier thorn, throw them both away and then walk on the spiritual path. You will be able to reach me. That is why the path of karma and action is most important. The very next day, the very next day, Swami gave a discourse telling, today everybody is tainted by egoism of one kind or the other. That is why. Even if you do good actions, that is out of egoism and it binds you with a golden chain. The bad actions bind you with an iron chain. Both bind you and they will not let you progress. And that is why the path of devotion is the highest path. The path which Radha followed, the Meera followed, Gauranga followed, Ramakrishna Paramahansa Ji followed. That is the path that you have to all follow because that is the royal path of divinity. That is the best path in Kali Yuga. We all heard that, appreciated Bhagwan's beautiful discourse. The very next day Bhagwan gave a discourse on the Jnana Marga and said if Karma Marga is like walking on the road to destination and the Bhakti Marga is like traveling in the car it's only the Jnana Marga which it takes you by air to your destination. That is why it is the best path. The following day fortunately we could get an interaction with Bhagwan. In fact got an interaction we had gone to pick up Prasadam And as Swami was sitting on the sofa, I left the box of prasadam and said, Swami, I have one question to ask you. In the previous three days, you have declared the three paths of karma yoga, bhakti yoga and jnana yoga as the best paths. How is it possible, Swami, that all three are the best? In reply, I thought Swami will give me one answer. Swami counter questions me and says, have you seen a ladder? I didn't understand. I said, Swami, ladder? He said, yes. I said, yes Swami, many times I have climbed ladders and fallen from ladders also. And Swami said, how is a ladder made? I said, Swami, two big poles on the side. I was not getting anywhere. I said, Swami, two big poles on the side and smaller ones in the middle to be able to climb. I didn't talk about falling. And Swami said, the two side poles on the sides are the path of bhakti and jnana. And the middle rungs on which you have to climb up is the path of karma. But don't worry, he said. Choose the path towards which you have a natural inclination. That is the best path for you. That is the best path for you. Because your past samskaras, you have been a karma yogi. Don't worry, if you are a karma yogi, like Vivekananda, the devotion of Ramakrishna Parana Paramsa and the jnana of Shankar Chayai will be added on to you. Once you climb the hilltop and reach the peak, you will realize that all the four paths are leading to the same peak. And you will have the essence of the knowledge of all the four paths. It will be added on to you. Don't worry. The path towards which you have a natural inclination, that is the best path for you. The fourth question that we have to ask ourselves. Which form of God is the most ideal to meditate upon? Many of our brothers and sisters are coming from various parts of the world. They have been brought up in different cultures. We have all different family deities. And then we come to Bhagwan and we get confused. Which form is the best for us to meditate upon and pray to? In the year 2001, when we were doing our PhD, one day Bhagwan came to the Kulwant Hall from Poonchandra at 6.15 in the morning. Twilight time. Even lights were not on. Only Sehwadal were standing outside on duty. And they called the portico in charges and everybody else. And Swami in that darkness, just imagine, alone in the Kulwant Hall, cutting across the lines, holding his robe with the left hand, the right hand mysteriously waving in the air, alone, just walked up to the interview room and went inside. Then he sent word for the research scholars and we all came running from the hostel. We entered the interview room. Swami did not even acknowledge our presence for 45 minutes. Was he even breathing? I could not make out. He was just totally still for 45 minutes time. And then he took a deep breath and opened his eyes and looked at all of us. And then I was sitting there and Swami asked, what date is today? I said, Swami, 6th of August. What happened on this day? We had no answer. So we remained silent. And Swami himself said, this was the day the atom bomb was dropped at Hiroshima. And then he revealed further and said, Right now in Osaka, thousands of my children are praying to me that such a holocaust, such a catastrophe should never befall humanity again. And what reassuring words were they when Swami said, I listened to their prayers and came. I listened to their prayers and came. The question, sisters and brothers, is, what these devotees in Japan in Osaka praying to Satya Sai Baba's form? No. They are praying to their own gods and goddesses. But who responded? Any sincere prayer for the welfare of others, wherever it may emanate, to whichever form it may emanate, the response only comes from only one place in this world, and that is Prashanti Liliam. That is from Bhagwan Satya Sai Baba. The last question that we have to ask ourselves is. What is the best mantra? What is the best formula to remain hooked and embedded onto the goals of a life? One of our old students spoke in the prayer session one day in the morning. And because I organized prayer sessions, I had a few rehearsals with him. He said he asked Swami for a mantra. And Swami said, why do you need a mantra? He said, no Swami, I have come to you and you are God Swami, you must give me a mantra. My father has told me I must get a a mantra from you. And Swami said, the mantra has already been given. Love all and serve all, help ever and hurt never. He said, no Swami, I want a specific mantra for me, personal mantra. Swami said, nothing is personal. If Arjuna were to say, Bhagavad Gita is personal discourse given to me, what will happen to the remaining humanity? It is not personal but I will give you a mantra Swami said. And what was that mantra which Swami gave very beautifully to him. Swami said the mantra is Love Navu Navu. Basically meaning in Telugu love and smile in the present moment. Love and smile in the present moment. When God comes on earth, what does He do? He spreads only His love and smiles to everybody. When we see Him, we smile. Why? Because His life is His message. And Swami, once there was a Paduka, Puja Mahotsavam here, and Swami asked us in the interview room, what's the meaning of padapuja?" Puja? You all say you want to serve Swami. What's the meaning of padapuja? Puja? And we said, Swami, serving your lotus feet. And Swami said, That is different, sir. The real meaning of Pada Puja is that when God incarnates on earth in human form, He keeps His feet on the sands of time, which is love and service. Greater love and greater service. Still greater love and still greater service. Keep your feet on those footsteps of God and reach Him. That is the real meaning of Pada Puja. That is the real meaning of service to Bhagawan. Sisters and brothers, there is nothing personal in our spiritual life. It is all to be shared and distributed because it only increases by distribution and sharing. Let us pray on this Vijayadashmi Day, the day of victory, to our beloved Mother Sai, that we shall be victorious. We will ask ourselves these questions. We will follow the tenets which emerge from our own hearts. And then, not only understand the essence of the spiritual life, but also experience and express it in our daily lives that will be the real spiritual victory which bhagwan wants us to achieve so that so that we can live a life of dedication as his perfect and dedicated instruments till breath pervades our body and thereafter merge in him in oneness forever and ever
0: jai sai ram well we have once again come to the end of our program Happy Diwali to you all, and obviously we'll be seeing you again next week. I leave you with a song on Dipavali, Saram to you all. all right.